Hello and welcome to the Power Ride Podcast, where I'm going to be speaking with the Las Vegas-based band Arlo today about their music, their unique band identity, and their journey to playing Las Vegas' biggest music festival, Life is Beautiful. I've seen this band live, and they definitely know how to put on a good show and get their fans engaged, and their music is poppy enough to make you want to get up and dance, even if you're a typical wallflower. We'll be speaking to the band about all this and more right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock Podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock Podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock bands around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool. It's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Isaac from Powered by Rock. I just wanted to do a quick little intro here because it turns out that my microphone had been unplugged right after the intro of this episode. I uh, didn't know it until after when I was trying to do the post edits. So the audio quality for my end is straight through a webcam. So it's going to sound a little worse than normal. Well, a lot worse than normal. Uh, hopefully it's not going to turn you off from this band Arlo. They're worth checking out. So I highly encourage you to make sure to go in here, listen to the full episode and just kind of ignore the fact that my audio sucks for the rest of this episode. Thanks guys. Enjoy the episode. All right. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Power of Rock podcast. Today is going to be a really cool show because I get to bring a local Las Vegas band on the show again and talk about their journey and aspirations. Today it's the band Arlo. Thanks guys for joining the show. Welcome everybody. Woo. Thanks for having us. How's it going? Yeah, yeah good. Hopefully everything sounds good and we're all good to go. But uh, I kind of want to make sure that you guys have a chance to kind of introduce yourself to, you know, uh, the world, essentially, because while people in Las Vegas seem to know who you are pretty well, uh, there's going to be people who aren't from Las Vegas watching this, hopefully. That's what we're aiming for anyway. And uh, let's go ahead and kind of talk about, you know, how you guys got together, how long the band has been playing, and how the project even started in the first place. All right. Jimmy? Yes. Um... <laughs> I'm Jimmy. I play guitar, and uh, guess guess we uh, we go way back. Me and Sonny, uh, back to uh, our late teens. We met up in a band called the Red Harbor. Uh, Sonny was my drummer, and slowly but surely, we met up uh, back in life in our twenties and ended up working on this project. So, yeah. So Red Harbor, I don't think you guys were playing in Las Vegas for that band, were you? I think you were somewhere else, correct? Southern California actually is where we met. Um, so I'm originally from uh, Southern California, um, Alex as well, and then Sonny uh, lived there for quite a while. Anthony, native uh, to Las Vegas. So uh, yeah, we uh, we all kind of merged back up here um, when Sonny moved back. And uh, yeah, been playing shows since February. Kicked off Arlo. Uh, 2021 was really like a kind of mold, mold ourselves, figure things out, um, figure out what we're gonna do, kind of behind the scenes, establishing of our of Arlo, what direction we wanted to go with, as well as uh, with shows. A lot of venues were shutting down, reopening, so we were kind of on uh, putting shows on the back burner, working on a lot of other stuff behind the scenes first before we jumped into shows. We wanted to give people a really good show, 
not book something and have it closed down. Uh, so we kind of just held off a little bit in 2021 until things really kicked off earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah, and I think obviously you guys are a pretty new band, so it's going to be one of those things where people are going to be like, why, like, where do these people come from? Where did this band come from? But like I said, you guys are going to be playing the Life is Beautiful. We'll get more into that later. But one thing I do want to address, obviously, um, and one of the first things you even mentioned to me, Jimmy, up front was, you know, we're, we're one of the first and and possibly the only trans transfronted bands that will play Life is Beautiful. I don't know of any other ones off the top of my head. I There's only a few of them out there, to be honest with you, that I know of. So let's kind of address that scene up front, the LGBTQ plus scene. Um, Sonny, can you explain a little bit more about your journey as a transgender individual and how music's kind of helped you during this this whole time and everything? Um, yeah, so I mean, it, I mean, it all started when I was like, I don't know, just like under 10 years old. And uh, I, at the time, I didn't have terminology for for anything. And I just knew that I felt like a boy on the inside and I was attracted to women, but like, I wasn't around anybody like me. So, um, I really like my one escape was music and, um, I was really inspired to play music, uh, not only because I just enjoy listening to it, but I would watch music videos all the time on MTV and sorry. <laughs> um, I would watch music videos all the time on MTV and I would see, you know, like, like I just loved watching uh, how expressive people were in music videos. And then with my secret that I had, I was like, well, maybe if one day I'm really good at writing songs and being a musician and being in a band, people will look past the secret that I have. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I really just focused on music at that point um, before I like came out of the closet. And I just have always, the one constant in my life uh, has been music. And um, I think now it's like, you know, with the internet, um, you can find a lot more people that are like you. And, um, you know, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Uh, but yeah, I just, I want people to know that there's people like me that exist that yeah. can create really uh, palatable uh, stuff to listen to, um, but has like a deeper meaning behind it. And uh, my approach really um, in the scene and in the community is to not fight fire with fire. Cause I feel like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of unhealed trans people um, naturally it's like it's a really tough thing to go through um and you're no matter what throughout anyone's life whether you're trans or not you're going through a trans train like life is just a huge transition and um i think if people stop looking at things at the surface like trans people doing body modifications uh <laughs> like everyone does right like yeah. you know people get lip injections and oh that's cool but you know i want to take these off and everyone has a fit about it uh, so anyways, I just, uh, I want it to be, become like a normal to like cisgender people like, oh, like this person trans, what do you do? Um, and I feel like music is the one, is one of the, one of the mediums that can, uh, kind of bring people together as cheesy as it sounds. But, um, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to change the narrative of, uh, 
I don't want to cancel people for asking the wrong question, even though their intention was good. And uh, um, I'm trying to teach both communities, the, the, the trans community, and then, you know, the people who are trying to learn. Yeah. And that's one thing I've, I've noticed about you guys, obviously, is that you don't tear people down. You don't try to engage in a negative manner and fight like you said, fire with fire. I think one thing people should know about this show is that, you know, my personal stance on gender identity, uh, sexual orientation, race, religion, anything is like, what, what does it matter to anybody else? Like, be who you are. Like, that's what the whole point is, right? Like, as long as you're a good person, all that, that's pretty much all that matters. If you're not treating other people like crap, and obviously for this show particularly, if you make good music and you're a good person, that's really what this whole show is about. Like we're trying to highlight, you know, good musicians who are good people who support others around them. And that's one thing I think that you guys do really well is also support the scene and your positive influence in the music scene. So I would like to hear from you guys and just kind of like talk to me about how important that is to be that positive music and, 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 and influence in the music scene as opposed to, you know, there's there's lots of other people who aren't and, and kind of go out there and aren't on a rampage, like, you know, fighting uh, against the machine, as you will, right? So what's that kind of like as far as what you guys kind of get for reception and how important it is for your band? Well, uh, Alex, you got this? Uh, yeah. Uh, as far, I mean, as far as like, um, as far as like just making sure that people I think what we really, really try to strive for is just the fact that we are, despite uh, despite Sonny being uh, a transgender male, he is our our singer and he is our he is one of our our main songwriters and like we just look we don't we're not we're not so we're not all egotistical into where we can actually like try to step on each other's toes like I feel I feel like we all really work very well together we blend very well together um, and as we've we want to we want to really showcase that too um i think the, you know aside from sunny aside like se sending his message our message uh, like as the rest of us is to be like yeah we we do this with him because not you know not not just because he's transgender but because he's like a talented individual and yeah. and that has to be represented in the best way possible and for us to do that, like, I think just our friendship and our chemistry and how we work well together, how we are on stage, I think that all translates very, very well, because a lot of people will come to our shows and they see that, like, we're just having a really good time on stage. And that's probably the most important thing that we want to translate um, as a group. Yeah. And I feel that it just, I feel that a lot of people have received that pretty well. And I'm ho only hoping it just goes up from there, because it's been it's been a long ride for us and we're still, we're still trying to um, capitalize on who we are. And I feel that, you know, after life is beautiful, that's just going to, you know, people are going to, people are really going to be like, wow, who are these guys? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's pretty interesting because, you know, obviously as any band, you're going to have people come up to you and talk to you after shows. You go, hey, that's good. you guys are awesome. All this stuff. But do you guys feel like you're asked different questions? Do you feel like you get treated differently in any sort of sense, um, negatively, positively, um, laterally? I don't know. But do you think that you guys are, are kind of seen in a different light than other bands that kind of are in your genre or in your kind of peer space? Uh, so, yeah. Do you want to take that, so, Tony? 
Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. I was going to say, uh, I, honestly, we are, we're like really shocked, <laughs> like at least me, um, yeah. uh, I, I, about how welcoming people have been. And um, I do think it's because we stick out like a sore thumb, at least in our scene, because we mm. we're one of the only like kind of like, uh, I guess, current like radio friendly, like kind of pop rock alternative indie style bands in this scene yeah. out here. Um, but regardless of, I mean, we play with like jazz fusion bands and like, like young, like teenage punk bands. And like, we're all super cool with each other. We're all su super supportive. So, and like, no one gives a damn that like, like, like that I'm trans, not in like a bad way, but they're like, okay, that's dope. And then it's, you know, but no one has like, there's been like, a couple people in the scene that we've heard that are like transphobic or, and whatever. And they've, we've seen them like unfollow us off social media. Uh, but you know, in my head, I'm like, that's fine. Like, that's not our demographic. Yeah. If they don't like us just purely off of that, then, you know, we've got nothing for them. Like we always hope that they'll change their mind and uh, be a little more accepting of things that they're not. That's the whole thing. That's the whole reason is, that I'm open about it is I'm like, look, you got a question, ask it. Like I'm a, like I'm not gonna make you feel stupid for asking the question. Like there's there's some questions that people should know not to ask. Like like if you're gonna ask about my genitals, buy me a drink first, you know. So, <laughs> you know? so, right? so it's like that. Oh, some sort of common sense questions that I'm like, why would you ever ask that? Um, but yeah, but no, like this scene out here has been way more welcoming than like the scene like when we used to play years ago like in in the southern california area like it's a tough scene to break into because there's so much um but yeah no especially with these new songs like quarantine and like, quarantine really helped us like mold everything to kind of figure out how we're going to stick out how we're going to be different like okay yeah we got the story that's great but how do we like media wise and like visually come out come out and say hey we're different than these guys over here yeah. and as supportive as we are to everybody in our scene you know this is a business and we want our business to succeed so it's finding a happy medium between making sure we're doing or and like making the right business decisions but also you know, helping our friends along the way, because it's all about who you know, and, you know, who you're essentially touching tips with. And, uh, you know, and if you if you alienate everybody, you're not going to move forward. If you're like, oh, yeah. like, I I'm jealous of that band. Like, we've seen some bands that are just like, we're like, oh, my God, we're like barely musicians compared to these guys. <laughs> and we, we want to be their friend, because, like, you know, they have, like, just this vast amount of knowledge and you know also they know people and just it's it's everything's about like word of mouth and you know sharing each other on social media so we do our best to you know do as much as we can for the scene and for our you know friends in the scene um because we obviously want that to be reciprocated as well yeah and i think you know it's it's interesting obviously that there's there's more complexities about everybody's story as well and you know this isn't the only Kind of maybe quote unquote un uh, I don't know a typical I guess typical band kind of thing but 
if from what I, if I'm reading correctly anyway, Jimmy, from what I understand, you were actually grow you grew up as a foster child, correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, there was a period of my life where I was in foster care uh, when I was really young. So a handful of years, yeah, I was kind of separated from my family. And oh, just... but yeah, yeah, there was a there was a stint in my life uh, when I was really young, me and my brother were uh, in foster care. And I guess it kind of shaped, I guess, maybe who I was or musical diversity. Um, what I was listening to kind of what you hear when you're really little. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really interesting, like little nugget about me, I guess. Um, and then my my parents too are like huge music lovers, so even uh, just listening to whatever they grew up, you know, whatever they grew me up on, uh, was just a whole other thing. And there was a stint where I did live with my grandmother for a while, and just a bunch of different uh, a melting pot of music. My grandma's a yeah. old soul, and yeah, that definitely uh, influenced who I listened to, my musicianship and everything uh, growing up. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's interesting to hear these stories because, you know, there's probably people that are listening who, you know, maybe adopted, maybe foster child, may have some sort of, you know, feeling of not belonging somewhere. And it's, it's always good to kind of let people know that, hey, we're like you and there's other people like you and you don't have to feel like you're, out of the out of the ordinary. I mean, you shouldn't want to feel like you're ordinary because there's nothing good about being ordinary, right? Um, you should want to feel unique and special. But uh, let's kind of dive into the music because obviously that's why we're here today. But uh, I think you guys put out a total of five songs over the past year and a half or so um, with plans to release more music soon. Um, your sound is pretty mixed up, as you kind of mentioned, Jimmy. You kind of have a lot of different uh, genres and stuff like that. You got a little bit of pop, a little EDM, a bit of surf rock some alt rock some indie rock all kind of in there and it may seem like a weird combo but it still worked pretty well so what were some of like the direct influence maybe some bands or some songs or some you know things that you guys were working together on that you guys kind of put together to get this style specifically oh man there was definitely a bleed over from the previous group that alex and uh sunny were in so a handful of those songs that are out led over into the new group when we were deciding, hey, we need something to put out on uh, all streaming platforms. So songs like Waiting for the World to End, uh, Hellbent, LSD. Um, God, am I missing any guys? Um, Blood Art. Blood Art. There's a few that bled over just to get something out there, to have it ready to roll while we were working on new stuff. So that was the game plan through... Uh, 2021 that was part of you know all the behind the scene work and really handpicking what we wanted to get out there like what was kind of like on the cusp of where we were headed the, di the direction of the group uh when we fully formed and by the way we just added anthony uh just a few months ago like full time so nice. it was like it, and it feels yeah. like a brand new even refresh reset button as anthony has joined over the summer so it's it's pretty special but uh yeah you hear a bunch of different sounds. It comes from many different places. Some of the songs date back. I mean, Sunny could tell you a lot of them maybe have been written a few years ago and and uh, kind of worked through their old group and uh, was finely tuned. I think we're even bringing, I want to say, one or two of even older songs from their old group and re, re, we're uh, reworking on them to uh, redo them and release them as Arlo. So... Some of the new stuff that we played live too that's unreleased um, is stuff that we've written together and worked on. So uh, Alex 
Sonny and myself, songs like Bittersweet, Columbine, um, Slut Magic, and uh, uh, even Loving and Losing the Old Bleed Over, but reworked it completely and uh, rearranged some things. But yeah, there's it's definitely a mixed bag that we are trying to like fine tune and work on to really find out who we are, what works. We don't want to be that genreless band, but uh, at the same time, we do like giving the full spectrum of what we could showcase and give everybody a little sprinkle of hip hop here, um, some R&B over here. Just we grew up on a lot of different stuff. So sprinkling it into our show is, is I think, really special to us. And the reception has been pretty sweet so far, too. Yeah. Did anybody else have anything they wanted to add to that? Uh, Anthony? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, a lot of us were inspired by, like, uh, I mean, the full spectrum of music, but a lot of, like, 90s, like, pop, um, 90s rock, pop, like, um, uh, I'm, blanking, I'm blanking the name right now. Um, it was, like, a kind of, like, oh, a Third Eye Blind. Yeah, Third, Third Eye, Eye Blind, Blind. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Never Let You Go From Them, um, oh, my God, there, there's so many, uh, like, Sugar Ray, stuff like that, just, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we we've thought it's been kind of cool to incorporate different elements into the music and uh, kind of, you know, latch on to what uh, resonates with us and and our uh, our fans. So yeah, mm -hmm. well, I'm I'm certainly glad to have you there instead of just a, a you know a computer button that somebody presses that there's a beat behind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely sure. Yeah. I feel like you know I play drums, I play pretty much everything, but I feel like as a drummer, I'm like. At any time, a drummer can be replaced by a computer program, and it's like the worst position in a band to be in. <laughs> right, yeah. 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 He uses a pad, too, and he starts all of our songs up, like our backing yeah. tracks and all that. Yeah. That is funny. He's happy. Yeah. yeah I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have, we had to play one show without Anthony because he was at a concert, and uh, it wasn't ours. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We thanked him real good for that. Um, but anyway, so so we have uh, we have our back like our backing track drums that we just like unmuted in our tracks. So it was just me, Jimmy, and Alex playing to backing track drums, and like it was just not it was not the no. same because what we like to provide is like a completely different like in our recordings. We want like yeah, we might have like actual like uh like 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 program drums like they might yeah. sound like fake or 80s or whatever like we love having that um kind of like canvas to work on to where we can do anything in a tiny little like mp3 um or wave file but then live we try to really bring kind of a a bit more of a rock show even though we're yeah. not trying to be just a rock band but uh and then you know there's some uh, there's some things that anthony plays different um differently a little bit uh live than on the recording so it gives people something extra like it's not they're not just seeing us live they're actually like witnessing a whole different experience um and i i i have this thing where like like dave matthews for me is like one of the best lot like his band is one of the best live bands i've ever seen like a lot of his live stuff is better than the recordings sure. and i strive to like be that band where it's like, oh, the recordings are really great, but have you seen them live? So that's that's what we, at least me, I always have in the back of my head when I'm doing anything in this band. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people, 
I think as a, as a lot of people would be casual fans of bands to begin with, they just want to see people play like the songs they know exactly as it sounds like on the recording. <laughs> it's like, this is so fucking dumb. Like, why would you want that? Like, don't you want to experience what these guys can actually put forth and make a good show out of it? So that was actually one yeah. of the things I noticed about your guys' live show was it did sound more like rock music at your show than it does on the recording. The recording sounds indie and like I said, like a little bit poppy and EDM. Uh, but when you go to a live show, it does sound more rock-induced. And it's because I think when you go to a live show, you want it to be louder, brasher, bigger, you know, more fun, right? Like incorporate more of that kind of style. So I think it works really well. And I think that, that that's kind of what you're going for. Uh, makes it kind of, you get your you get your SoundCloud or your Spotify over here, and then you get the real thing, the live version of it over here. I think that's the great, the great way to go for most fans. Um, I think yeah. my personal favorite song is definitely Waiting for the World to End or WFTWTE. Was this song based on a personal relationship or is this just like uh, in like a character? So, uh, so uh, I had a really bad breakup in 2018 um, and it was from a girl that uh, she, she was from Anaheim, California. So, uh, we have an no, old the magical song. place of Disneyland. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a fun uh, place to be back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so when me and her were dating, um, we went up to Oak Glen, and uh, if anyone knows where like Yucaipa is in California, you like drive up the mountains, and then you're in like the city of Oak Glen, or this little town. I would say they have like a apple orchard and like like a little town area or just like one little plaza area where you can like pet like animal like farm animals and stuff so uh anyways there was this uh there was this like really pretty hill with like this tree up there and we made this uh i was like hey if the world ever ends like and there's no cell phone service and we're not together let's meet here at like the hill at oak glen so it was like a little thing that we had and the you know the, it was probably the worst breakup I've ever gone through, and uh, so in during quarantine, uh, I was just kind of reflecting back on the, that, and because like the world, everyone was joking that the world was ending. So, uh, and I was in this tiny. Me and Alex were in this tiny, five hundred square foot apartment, and uh, <laughs> like we were packed in like sardines with my uh, three big dogs. And uh, I was like, I was like, I sit alone in my apartment waiting for the world to end. And I was like, that would, that might, that could be cool. So uh, I just started writing and uh, yeah. And uh, what's the first line? Uh, I can't believe it's really over. So let's take a drive up to the hill that I showed her in all the bars in Riverside. Cause uh, I also, when I dated her at the time, I lived in Riverside and we were, that's where we met. Alex actually was with us uh, the first night we met at Pixels in Riverside. And um, so yeah, and all the bars in Riverside, I just got the feeling I was never enough, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, what's the, what's this, what's the second verse? Uh, anybody know? Uh, uh, no, you're really putting us I, on the spot I, here. I, I want to feel. I want to feel a little anger. I want to feel yeah. a little yeah. anger. Yeah. anger, but there's, there's no, no more room. room. And I'll accept that you're a stranger, and from afar I'll watch you bloom. Uh, I've been chasing phantoms near the Hollywood sign, talking about like following my dreams. Uh, uh, 
uh, I Swear That I Can See Another Place in Time, which is actually a callback to another song I wrote about her called The Girl from Anaheim. And it's like, it says something in that song about like another place in time. So it's a callback to a song that we haven't, we released a long time ago, but we're going to re-release at some point again. Um, and then I could never shake the girl from Anaheim. So I like doing like these callbacks to songs as well. Uh, Cause it kind of, it creates a world within the music that we're making. If you're kind of referencing, you know, you're, you're almost like breaking the fourth wall in a sense uh, when it comes to music and uh so yeah it was just um also in the last chorus i'm like do you remember what you promised we'd be waiting for the world to end if you'd still meet me up at oak Glen, i'll be waiting for the world to end so it's kind of like i picture like me on this hill it's fucking the world's just fucking falling apart and she doesn't show up so it's like it sounds fun it's happy but it's it's really like for me it's sad because i know that she would like She's, I just found out she was, she's married now. So not that I was holding out, you know, but like, jerk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we, we wouldn't have these songs if I didn't go through that. So, um, yeah. I, a lot of times if I'm sad, I just, I'm like, I'll get through this, but let me, let me get out my, my notepad on my phone. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that because a lot of the songs do have what I would call dark lyrics, basically thrown over the top of somewhat happy sounding melodies. Uh, medicine is another example of that it kind of reminds me of like the weekend song i can't feel my face in some ways where it's like yeah you know, he's like out there doing drugs or whatever and he's like right it's like you know everybody like five-year-olds are singing the song it's like you know what's <laughs> happening in the song right now like, are you serious? Yeah. But, um is this something that you kind of you think of like to make it more accessible so like you know you could write these dark songs and then just be really experimental with the sound and really drag it down and make it sound really you know disturbing but you don't and obviously you can kind of write them a really poppy melody, but is it something that you think is like more accessible and that's why you do it? Or is it just the way that you guys want to make music? It's um, kind of both I, really. Yeah. Kind I mean, both. we do like, we do like songs like, like semi-charmed, like for example, uh, third eye blind, semi-charmed. It's such a like upbeat, like, Everyone's like, do, do, about do, heroin do, use. Do, do, yeah, do. yeah, but yeah. It's, like, it's about like hardcore drugs and yeah. like, and it's it's a dark subject. And we like me and when me and Jimmy were in a band together, we that was when like the neighborhood and like that kind of like trip hop, it, a dark alternative, alternative dark indie, indie pop. Yeah, yeah, that was really popular. And like, I still love that kind of music. I love dark music, grunge music, um, it really, I love angry music as well, but I think that, I feel like right now people want to listen, you know, people like to dance, people like, uh, you know, like mainstream music, it's not, it's not filled with a bunch of sad music right now. It's all, it's, it's all generally upbeat or dancey. And we're like, what? If, if we're if that's what we're aiming for, we should be writing music that people can dance to that sounds happy, but and I, I like the duality of having something really happy sounding, like you know making you want to dance, but then the lyrics are uh, dark and maybe like the 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 harmonies in it uh, create kind of like a dark mood. Um, I just we try to put a like I don't know. Like visually, if I was to describe it, we just want to put a lot of color in 
what we're putting out there um, because uh, and that's what we have to be in the episode. You could put a little rainbow into the music. What's that? I said to do a little callback from early in the episode about the LGBTQ stuff, a little rainbow into the music. A little rainbow, yeah. A little rainbow, yeah. yeah. A little, a little, <laughs> little splash of rainbows. But uh, yeah, no. Um, but yeah, and that's why we like to, like all of our songs sound a bit different, um, but it still sounds like us because, I mean, no one can agree on like what their favorite song is. Like not everyone's like, oh, it's waiting for the world to end. Like every song we have, people have been like, dude, I love that song. So we want something for everybody. They don't have to like every song, but that's part of like our in in inclusivity, if that's a word. Um, yeah. I'm bad with words, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, we want everybody, you know, people who might be on the edge like of like, like, oh, I don't know if trans people, like if they're valid or not, whatever. I want them to hear our music and be like, oh my God, I love this song. I'm gonna check this band out. And then they'll find out that we're trans fronted. And at that point, they're like, wait a second. I really like something that a trans person is singing. And like, you know, and then maybe like fireworks and shit will go off. Where their head just melts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we want to confuse people in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think one of obviously you're talking about the kind of the dance versions of, you know, people want to dance nowadays. And I think one of the more club friendly songs I think you guys have is definitely LSD, uh, which if I'm not mistaken, does stand for love, sex, drugs. You mentioned it in the song. It seems like a bit of a cautionary tale of trying to hang on to a relationship that's kind of toxic. Um, and also how to, trying to figure out how to cope with it as well. In this case, it seems like the toxic part of the relationship is the speaker though. And, and it's something, if it's you writing, it kind of seems like you're the kind of saying like, you know, I'm kind of the problem with this thing. I need to self and figure out what's going on. Is that kind of how that song is kind of angled or no? So it's funny. LSD was one of the first songs I ever wrote as uh, a front man. Uh, like, mm -hmm. like before even Alex was in the band, before anybody was in, like that was one of the first songs I wrote. And I was in a... I was in a toxic relationship, um, but I also was like super inspired by The Weeknd at the time. So, uh, and like his his song, uh, Wicked Games, um, back from, I think it's, I'm going to be probably wrong about this. 2014, was it? Yeah, it was at the Trilogy or maybe yeah. House of Balloons. I don't know. One of oh. those old, old albums. Um, but yeah, I was super inspired by that song, and I want, and also uh, Panic at the Disco, like like Miss Jackson, like that era. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's definitely about just a toxic relationship in general, and you know, uh, you know, like distrust in a relationship, and uh, you know, just not being on the same page, and. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to create like a, a party anthem as well. So uh, yeah. that's how that kind of came about. <laughs> that makes sense. And I know a lot, a lot of the instrumentation that you guys do in songs is pretty chill out. I mean, it's not like you guys are going off like a Dave Matthews or Fish or something. You're doing like five yeah. minutes solo or you know, drum solo, then a bass solo, then a guitar solo. But I know, for example, in the song Blood Art, Jimmy, you actually have a pretty rad guitar solo in there. And what's the group guitar uh, sorry, group dynamic of like when you guys do 
something and, and how do you know how to rein it in? You guys kind of just look and go, that doesn't fit or how do you guys kind of decide when you do something or when you don't do something? Through Alex the writing process? Good. Yeah, Alex yeah. totally take blood art because that was from their old group uh, that bled over. Um, but yeah, Alex laid that one down. Nice. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually playing the guitar solo on that one. Very cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so never mind, Jimmy. You're terrible at guitar. Pre, pre, pre Arlo. Pre Arlo. Pre it was pre Arlo. Oh, we, yeah. We yeah. can't yeah. name drop the old group. Their old group. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I didn't I didn't write that guitar solo either. That uh, so before Arlo was a group, we uh, Sonny and I were in a group called Move by You. But before we were that group, we were a group called Motions. And Motions was such a good name that everyone fucking had that name. Like you'd search our, <laughs> you'd search our name on Spotify <laughs> and a bunch of people named Motions just popped up. And so our music was just buried. So then our old guitarist from, uh, from that band uh, came up with Move By You. And then when we parted ways with him and we joined, uh, Jimmy joined, uh, we, we decided, all right, well, we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, still use a couple of these songs. But, um, but the funny thing about that solo is like it's not even it, it like it wasn't even written by our old guitarist. It was written by a guitar player in way back when it was the Motions lineup, long before I was even a part of it. So, um, uh, so then I, I and I heard the solo and before before Jimmy joined and I was just like, you know, like I feel like this solo could have. I don't want to change the notes in it, but the way it was played just sounded so it had no energy and I was just yeah. like, I want to add some fucking energy to this. And so I, I, that's, that's what, what I decided. I was like, no, I'm not going to change this solo, but I will give it more livelihood and more uh, just energy to it. And, uh, and then going back to your question about, um, about like, how, how do we decide what sounds good? It's really just a matter of like all pu putting up everything all together and, um, all, all four of us coming together and being like, what if we did this or, or what if we did that, but like set it differently or played it a little differently? Or what if we just replaced this guitar tone with a different guitar tone? And we just, we all, we all don't, we don't really, uh, we all like try not to, we, it's just for the greater good of the song. And we've all, and uh, Sonny and I have always had that like, um, we've always had that motto i suppose like the greater good of the song is what matters so yeah we we want to always stay true to that you know no matter what what is influencing us to write it or anything like there there are certain things where like you know somebody will write something and then one of one of us will be like where how do you think to do that and then and then it's like some obscure reference but but it just happens to work like we yeah. have a like i wrote a i wrote a baseline for one of our upcoming songs slut magic and it sounds very vibey and sugar ray and surfy and so southern california ish but i was inspired by alice in chains to write the baseline by a song that sounds nothing like it so yeah. it's just like if it works it works you know yeah and well, that's that's pretty interesting because i can't remember what band i was talking to but it was, I might have been urethane or something like that. They're a punk band from California, pop punk band. But they're like, yeah, our bass player does like, you know, hard rock, hard punk, hardcore punk. And it's like, he's like slapping really hard at it, but it works in a pop punk kind of genre. It just, mm -hmm. if you if you just basically transpose that and put it over here and then put the rest of the music on top of it, it sounds and, and, and feels completely different, even if it was the exact same bass line. So 
pretty interesting that you mentioned that because I find when fans do cross uh, cross mesh genres or whatever, or you know, some uh, rock types basically, you you get that kind of extra magic, and I guess yeah. slot magic has it. <laughs> it's got the magic. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That one. Yeah, super fun to throw live. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. So let's talk about the big news of the band or for the band, because obviously been uh, kind of beating around the bush here, but you guys will be playing Life is Beautiful. Now this will air shortly after the festival is over, but obviously you guys had to go through the road is like a road to Life is Beautiful as well. So can you explain the kind of process that you guys had to go through and how excited are you guys actually playing? So Shoot, we're stoked, we're stoked. Anthony, you want this one? Yeah, yeah. So um, the the process was a lot of fun. We learned a lot throughout it. Um, we so we essentially had to do a streaming, um, like battle of bands where they uh, it was like Sorry. two rounds of streaming, and uh, we had to learn how to set that up. So that was fun. Um, we're like, hey, if if nothing comes of this, at least we get to learn how to stream and like learn to use the platform. Um, so it was it was really cool. Um, and then after the the first two rounds we ended up going um we played a show at this uh, local venue called the space and um it was really cool we were alongside a lot of friends and it was a just a really fun night all around we got to you know catch our friends playing and um you know cheer everybody on it was it was really cool and uh actually making out onto the show it it felt surreal i know the yeah you know all of us have been uh <laughs> I, I mean, I've been here all my life and, you know, seeing the festival grow from what it was before to now, like, and now being able to take part in it is like such a cool feeling. And um, I know it's going to be an awesome experience. So, yeah. Yeah. It, actually... well, I was going to say, what was the kind of judging process? Was, was it based on fan reaction or did they have like just some reps from the, uh, from the uh, festival there or how did that work out? Um, it was based so, off of a stream. Yeah. Sorry, Anthony. Yeah, it was like the streaming, and then I think the the performance as well, and um, you know, essentially just like how how we perform the songs live and how we um, you know, well, I'm not. Do you guys know like exactly the criteria? I think, I don't, I think there was voting you know, during the live. Yeah, voting. Stream. Yeah, and then the, well, and I, the yeah. They were gonna go off of like what they were gonna watch the like the re the the replay of the streams too. Yeah. Yeah. There was no live judges there. Like at the actual like at the space, there was no live judges or uh, there. So, but they were recording it all. So I assumed that they recorded it, and then whoever was judging wherever they were in in the world, they just sessions, judged yeah. that. Sessions like mm -hmm. set up was was filming everything. Funny backstory with the life is beautiful thing was. We almost totally missed our cut with the sign-up. Uh, oh, like yeah. we, we like dropped the ball on the sign-up. And uh, I think we signed up for the national competition or the worldwide competition. And uh, we were like, oh, man, we got to compete against the whole world in order to do this. And then uh, we caught it last second and uh, read an email, saw like a flyer, and then realized, oh, my God, this is the wrong sign-up. So we, we – uh, canceled the live stream we originally had and then we're able to jump on the correct light uh vegas uh local edition just like a day or two before we had to like schedule our live stream and then go live so uh glad we fixed that because i don't know yeah. if we would have been been able to make it if we did the nationals i don't know i'm telling us short but <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So do you guys have other shows that you guys are going to be playing uh, beyond that setup already? Or are you guys going to be looking to start recording more or what's going on after September? Yeah. So well, we are really looking forward to getting back into the studio and kind of setting things up, um, you know, for the the coming year. Um, we're, we want to put on some like really cool shows in town and um, yeah, essentially just kind of get music out and hopefully, you know, take the show on the road, uh, you know, coming soon. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not just sticking around Vegas for the next year, I assume you're going to try to go. At least, probably, I'm assuming to Southern California and such, right? Um, yeah. Pretty much bounce around, yeah. Arizona yeah. and Utah as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very we cool. actually, we actually just did a show in in Southern California at, in Riverside, uh, like two days ago. So, oh my god, yeah. the stage was huge. Jeez. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of room. A lot of room for activities on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so you after like your karate. Cool. We have, I think we have two scheduled after Life is Beautiful so far, and that's, oh, yeah. that's about it. But, yeah. mm. Did you want to plug them so that way people can go to them? Or? Uh, I think we're doing the space in December. We don't have like a definitive date. We don't know exactly who's going to be on it, but I think we're going to be at the space again in December at some point. Okay. I think we might do an end of the year thing, but that's not like on the schedule yet. And then... Um, oh, we got triple B's on uh, September 24th. Oh, that's, that's right. That's our next mm -hmm. local one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Backstage bar and billiard the 24th yeah. this month. And then and, Pineapple Fest with uh, Secos on November. Not, yeah. Not announced yet, but yes. But yes, that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, Are we not supposed oh, to talk God. about that? Oh, it's <laughs> okay. Yeah. Might have to okay. cut that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, by the time this comes out, I'm sure you guys will announce that. Well, if not, let me know. But yeah, that one will be in November. <laughs> yeah. Sounds okay. Good. Very cool. So sounds like about three to four potential shows coming up, and uh, then obviously getting back in and just kind of getting some more recordings done. So do you guys have plans for a full album or an EP or anything like that, or are you guys just going to kind of release the singles as they come? We want to do like singles just as they come. Um, we've been doing that for a while. Um, uh, the we we do have a few songs that are like just that we are ready that are almost ready to release They're, they are fully mixed and mastered but we are we're just deciding on the artwork and uh how to how to market them and do do sure. all that all that kind of stuff so we'd like we we wanted to get a couple of these songs out uh earlier in the year and and definitely before life is beautiful but i mean we've we've had a lot to do as far as playing shows that We've just been like, okay, well, let's focus on this. And then when we can, and then after Life is Beautiful, we'll regroup and then we'll get all that stuff out together. But as far as new music goes, um, we we are planning to just release single by single by single and then maybe group a couple of those singles into like a, a small four song EP. But yeah. uh, for the most part, we just want to stay on the single uh, train. We're trying to stay single. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give, give uh, it wait till somebody gets married and you're screwed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we'll add some links to your guys' music in the show notes below this episode. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about, plug, or say anything to listeners that, that maybe haven't heard of you guys yet? Or, you know, you know, you know, tell them about stuff if they already follow you that, you know, maybe that they'd be interested in before we go today? Um... Uh, not mm. not anything off the top of my head. 
I think we Maybe already spilled all our beans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I guess yeah. I guess that I guess that we appreciate the love that we've gotten from Vegas so far, being so fresh and so new out here. Got to give love to our hometown. Like we love this place so much. Yeah, and the, the scene has really helped us blossom, uh, and just had, just so grateful for everybody we've met along the way. All the bands have been so gracious to us. Um, yeah, we, there's a lot of bands that we'd love to even play with too that we haven't yet like shook hands with, but we just we love them from a distance and really yeah. respect them. So a lot of love mm -hmm. to Vegas. Shout out to a lot of the bookers out here. Everybody puts in a lot of work, and uh, it's definitely seen and noticeable. The scene out here is legit. And it helps yeah. that they they really actually like it feels like they believe in us because they, you know, we we've got a lot of people that try to really pull strings for us and make sure that we get on, you know, the good time slots because they believe, you know, in our music and our message and everything. So it's, uh, it's, we definitely don't take it for granted. Like we, we try to do as much for these people as we can, um, you know, when we have time. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're the best for sure. Very yeah. cool. And I noticed you guys have always been kind of hesitant to drop some names, but I'm actually going to ask you one last question before we sign off and ask you to actually drop a name of some new music that you'd recommend for people to go check out. And you guys can go ahead and go round table, just one, one band or one artist that people should be checking out. So you want to start with that? All right. Oh I'll yeah. Dollheads. They just dropped. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, so, 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 so one band that I'll mention is uh, our our friends in uh, Secos. They're going to be playing uh, "Life Is Beautiful" with us as well, just on a different day. But um, Secos is uh, super dope. We love them, um, and they've got really great energy live. Uh, the front man super kicks ass. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of my faves. Nice, Jimmy. Yes, my plug. Um, I'm going to actually shoot for someone else. Uh, Pure Sport. Love the guy from Pure Sport. Uh, most of them came to our last show, actually, uh, the For the Culture First Friday show. Uh, love those guys. It, it's just one of those examples where, like, we're like, our sounds are oil and water, but we're just we're really tight with them. We're really cool with with Jared and the guys. And they, I know they just dropped an EP about a month ago. So shout out to Pure Sport. They're getting some really awesome slots playing. They're they put on a killer show. We hope to do more with them, and we're planning on doing some out-of-state stuff with them next year, too. So shout-out uh, to them. And Anthony? Um, I have to shout-out uh, Travi, a local pop <laughs> uh, band on the scene here. Um, they, they kick ass. They're super fun, energetic. Um, they have great music. They're, they got a lot in store, too. So What was the name? I didn't actually hear it. Uh, they're called Travi. Travi? Yeah. Yeah. T R A V I I. V I yeah. 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 Gotcha. Yeah, I haven't even heard of them yet. But yeah, that's cool. I'll check them out. Super dope. And Alexander, I think you said doll heads. Yeah, the doll heads. They're also playing with us. Uh, not the same day, but they're playing the same day as Secos at Life is Beautiful. They're these little kids kick so much ass. It's crazy. <laughs> like just the fact that they're they're all siblings and there's like the 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 oldest one's fifteen. She she plays guitar and sings and then Sam is 14. She's a bass player. Uh, and Austin is 12. And he's just a, just a kick-ass little dude on drums. Like, all of them are just little badasses, and they just drop an album. 
and it's super dope like how how well they like for being how young they are and how well they play together they they really bring back a lot of like throwback jams like they got a couple green day sounding songs a couple of like joan jett sounding songs and it's just like and they and they cover 99 red balloons and they fucking crush it like it's so good <laughs> so good it's so yeah what's that oh yeah i said in german even yeah, uh, yeah, they yeah, she does. They do yeah, yeah, she does like the first verse in English, and then I think she does the second verse in German, and she just is like, yeah, it's so dope. Nice, very cool. All right, guys. Well, I want to thank Arlo for being here on the show today, and, and guys, if you haven't heard of Arlo, make sure to go to the show notes below this episode to check out the music because they're a band that we'll probably hear more about in the near future. I think it's only a matter of time before their name starts popping up in some more familiar places for you. And remember, guys, the Powered by Rock podcast is powered by our listeners. I want to make sure that you guys know that if you want to show some support, please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media. You can also make a donation to the podcast. It's not required, but if you feel like, hey, here's some little cash for making some awesome you know, podcasts, go ahead and click that link below this episode as well. You can see a full video interview of this and other, and other podcasts as well on our YouTube channel and Spotify now as well. You can actually see the full video interviews there as well. So if you want to check out some of our articles, album reviews, lists, and interviews, go to PoweredByRock.com to read our absolutely free rocking blog. Also find our merch and gear as well so you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on. supposed to be